Hi, I'm Brent Stafford and this is RegWatch by RegulatorWatch.com. It's a legitimate concern for the Canadian vaping industry, how to redesign refillable vaping devices and vaping parts to meet Health Canada regulations for child-resistant containers during the middle of a pandemic and under unbelievably tight timelines. The new requirements could have been an industry killer, but thanks to global leaders like Inokin Technology, Canadian vapers are able to vape on. Joining us today to talk about the trials and tribulations of meeting the CRC regulations are Inokin brand ambassadors and UI designers, Demetrius Agrafiotis and Phil Brusardo. Gentlemen, thanks for coming back on RugWatch. Good evening, Brent. Thanks, thanks for, for having, having us. us, Brent. Good to be here. Now, I use gentlemen quite loosely. <laughs> and deservingly so. As you should. Well, there you go. So, all right, let's just jump right into this. And I'm going to start with you, Phil, uh, for the first question. Now, what are the CRC regulations that came into force on January 1st, 2021? Well, it's designed to uh, to make Dimitri, make it more difficult for Dimitri to work with our own products. Uh, actually, <laughs> the CRC, uh, it's, it's a child-resistant certification uh, authorized by the Canada Consumer Product Safety Act, or the CCPSA meaning that the e-liquid inside the vaping product is not easily accessible for children and for those under the legal vaping age. So that's what we, meaning we, Inikin, needed to do to the products to, to get them available to the Canadian vapors. So, uh, you know, top line, Phil, what do you think of these CRC regs? Well, it, it, just reading this, right? and those under the legal vaping age. That would be 17 years old, right? So as we make these products, you know, more difficult for children to use, and I think rightfully so, we're also making them more difficult for adults to use. We're making it more difficult for adults to not smoke, right? Um, and and I, I kind of have a problem with that, especially seniors, and I'm sure Dimitri will, will make fun of me uh, for that, right? But, you know, seniors... Uh, I, I guess it's better than the alternative, meaning that we can't have products on the market. But I'm a, a strong proponent of of making this simple for people to do. And yeah, Demetrius, I, I is totally this? Agree. I, I, if you look up, with especially Canada, um, you know, the storefronts are completely bland, right, due to law. Uh, all the facilities are age gated facilities, meaning only adults can go in there and purchase these products. Why? put another step on top of the already difficult process of getting somebody that smokes combustible cigarettes to switch to vaping by adding this uh, extra step, which will require education. Uh, it's going to require patience. Uh, for some older folks, it might be even impossible to work with. So I simply don't get it. Um, and, and just to attach to something that Phil said, Okay, well, we're still going to have vaping. So, you know, I mean, I guess we can deal with it. But if we do that at every intersection of regulations, when are they going to stop? You know, uh, and now we're seeing the same thing. Flavor bans, taxation. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on. I just don't understand why uh, this, especially being sold in adult-only stores, and with no justification at all, because the levels that the e-liquid uh, that is in these devices uh is 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 proven scientifically not to be poisonous so I, it's it's very very unfortunate and unfair and I, and I know we're going to talk a little bit more about the details of some of the issues that have frustrated the industry with regards to crc but first though demetrius why don't you tell us a little bit about the Inican brand how you came to work with them 
Yeah, so I mean, obviously, me and Phil have been in this industry for a very, very long time. Uh, he started in 2009, I started in 2010. And uh, from those early days, uh, because of the style of vaping that me and Phil use, which is a mouth to lung higher nicotine style, um, our passion and our drive to convert smokers, we were very good friends with Anakin from since day one. Uh, the the philosophy for this company has always been to look after the smoker, uh, even in times when that was not very popular, especially in North America, when you know the 2016 to 2018 era of, of subohming took over. They they stayed focused on trying to produce products that are for conversions and for smokers. So naturally, when it was time for me and Phil, we were working for another company and we left that company. And uh, and we were uh, you know talking to some Chinese companies. It just made natural sense for for us to attach ourselves to this company because our goals and our our vision for a smoke free future aligned. Right, Phil? Yeah, absolutely. It, it didn't make any sense for us to go with any of the other companies. Uh, and like Dimitri said, we I've had a a very long history with Inakin. I consider uh, them like even George uh, friends. I knew George before he was with Inakin, and uh, we kind of hooked up again together uh, once he came on to and started Inakin. Um, but they've they've always been focused on the smoker. They've had other products as well, but they never lost fo focus of the smoker. They've never really strayed. Uh, I think they're probably top of the line when it comes to mouth to lung, that style of vaping. So it, it didn't make any sense for us to go anywhere else. Demetrius, um, what is a UI designer? So, I mean, we do a variety of things uh, for, for Inakin. We, we have a line of products that is under our name, meaning me and Phil's. That's the platform series. Uh, this was a line that was designed uh, and started as a platform for somebody that's quitting smoking. This is your starting point. Uh, so under that line, the products are full designs uh, from me and Phil. We have the final say on the products. And, uh, and we tried to create a line of products that uses the same coil. So we were kind of like the first ones to do that back in late 2016, early 2017, when we started working with Inakin, meaning creating variety of tanks and products that use exactly the same coil, make it easy for the consumer. And most importantly, make it easy for the vape shops, right? Because, you know, every new tank that you bring in has a new coil that you have to stock. Uh, and we also help them uh, with their own designs and, their, and doing R&D and, uh, and assisting with their interfaces, the, the 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 manuals, the the performance of all the products that come out of Inakin, and uh, as being vapors, you know, because me and Phil, you know, we use these products daily, and it's very very important to have people like that attached to your company. And the majority of people in China are not vapors themselves, uh, although in our case, uh, in Inakin, George is an ex-smoker and he is a full-time vapor. Uh, but more so over the way that these products are being used daily by vapors around the world, right, Phil? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's interesting that you asked that question because just today we finished another design document that's headed to uh, to Inakin. It's probably a list of five or six uh, new new products that we have ideas on uh, that we we send their way, and uh, we see what uh, what they uh, find interest in. So yeah, go ahead. and it's it's interesting. It's interesting because that's, this is how all the projects start. Usually we go to China twice a year and we try to work with the engineers in person. It's very, very important. There's a lot of translation that can be lost between, you know, sending things electronically. So when, um, when, when we go there, 
we can relay our passion and our designs. We can sit next to them and, and come up with some ideas. Uh, they help us, we help them. But now we've been doing everything digitally due to COVID. So, you know, we submit a document, has some ideas, and then if they like something, they'll pick it up and then we'll start working on it, get some prototypes done. The prototypes are sent to us, we try them, and it go, you know, it takes a little bit longer than us being there in China, but uh, that's generally how the process goes. Yeah, being there, there's definitely advantages of being there. Uh, it, obviously, there's a, there's a language barrier. Uh, so when we do go, we have uh, the engineers, the product managers, everybody in a room, and we start designing on the whiteboard. Uh, and I think that's worked best for us when uh, when it comes to working with the engineers and coming up with the uh, the final designs. So, Demetrius, when uh, Health Canada announced not just the regulations, but really it was more recently, at least a lot of people feel that is the case, that all of a sudden they announced that there was going to be enforcement uh, of these regulations on January 1st. But in talking to you in the pre-interview here, it seems that there was a little bit more advanced time you know, notice um, on the enforcement of these regs than what seems to be commonly known about. Well, I mean, I can't speak for the other companies or other uh, businesses, but I, I do know that I caught wind of this in early 2020, immediately went to Inikin, um, and we we uh, started working on ideas and, and how we're going to go from a business plan, marketing plan, and design plan, how we're going to be able to comply by the end of the year. So, I, I mean, I know some people, especially in our industry, hear a lot of bad stuff, but don't really believe it until it's time. I mean, PMTA is a prime example in the U.S., right? Uh, but uh, but we we knew about it and uh, and we were prepared. Um, we Canada is a is a healthy market for us, and we and we've done very well with the Z coil, which is the same coil that's being used in this CRC products. Uh, it's very widely used in Canada as well too, and we were not going to let down. Uh, our, our distributors. We're not going to let down our shops, but most importantly, we weren't going to let down the consumers, uh, the existing vapors, and more importantly, those that are smokers that need these products in order to convert. So let me ask, a, a, you know, a big question that I've got here is that what were the sticking points for the gripers and legitimate sticking points? I don't want to just say that it was all griping. What were the problems um, that people were having with the CRC regs? I mean, as far as what, I, what I've heard is, you know, people just don't like change. Um, they certainly don't like these extra burdensome regulations on these products. Uh, and, and, and look, I, I, I agree with them. Um, however, uh, the law is the law. I mean, this is, this is not something that we can take lightly. I, I even heard some comments from some people that said, you shouldn't have done anything. We should just continue to sell these products. All of us, like, you know, that's going to give us immunity if we get arrested. But um, but, you know, I think that a lot of it comes from the fact that there's quite a few companies in China that simply don't care. If the market's not big enough for them, they're just not going to provide these products. So I think a lot of the shops felt that their, their hardware selection would be limited simply because some companies were not going to comply, and, which is unfortunate. But, um, but, you know, like I said, I can only speak on behalf of what, what we've done with Inikin and we're prepared and we're, and, and we're continuing to work on products to make sure we have a good good gallery, a good variety of products to offer to the Canadian market that meets uh, with the CRC certification. So Phil, I'm gonna get you to walk us through a little bit uh, in your close-up cam here in a second of some of the products that are CRC compliant. 
as you do that, you know, please hammer home what the specific parts, you know, or concepts are going on here. Like, I don't want to give it away, but it is about managing the e-juice and making sure that it can't easily get out. But yeah, then sure. I've also had the issue with some of these products where it's also been hard to get in <laughs> because of the same technology. So why don't you walk us through that? I'm going to tell you a little funny story why Phil is getting ready. Uh, okay. when, we when we finalized the one device and it was sent to us to test as a prototype, I had a hard time opening it up. <laughs> I actually messaged Phil and I'm like, this coil is not coming out. And he's like, oh, you got to do it like this because there's a certain way for the CRC certification. So it, it definitely works. If I can't get it open, a kid cannot get it open. Yeah, with one uh, product, it wasn't Anakin, but with one product just recently, I had a hard time getting the coil in and out and it had yes. to really get in there with the nail yeah. and stuff like that to make that happen. Phil, so, so when I said at the when I said at the beginning of this, uh, CRC makes it more difficult for De to Dimitri to use. I, I wasn't kidding. And there <laughs> you have it, right? True. <laughs> so uh, th this is really going to be the uh, the main change uh, with the CRC version over uh, the standard version. The body itself, the kit, the functionality of the device is going to be uh, identical. There's really no difference here. The difference is really with the pod, okay? So the pod, first of all, on the original pod, we do have a plug fill filling uh, right there on the uh, front of the pod. But with the new pod, uh, now we have a push-to-fill system down here at the uh, the bottom. So, you know, with this pod, if I open this up and shake it, uh, the e-liquid is going to come out. Uh, with this one, there really is no way for the e-liquid to come out because of that push-to-fill method. The other thing is uh, how you remove the coil. So on the original, you would remove the ring, and it came with two rings. It came with a, a ring for restricted direct lung and one for a tighter uh, a, a tighter mouth to lung. We're calling it the precision ring, even though the device still can get tight. And I'll talk about that in a little bit. But here it's different because we have to use this to unlock the coil. So that's really the only way to get the coil out is to have this rotated in a, in a certain direction. And even here, without my glasses on, it's going to be difficult for me to see where that is. But eventually, I'll get the coil out. All right. So what that does, and then you just put it back in and you lock it in place like that. So what that does, and I'll take it off, uh, I'll take it off the, uh, the close-up camera is you, 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 you remove that plug filling. So you do have to take the pot off uh, to fill it from the bottom now. And also you lose the ability to use that precision uh, mouth to lung ring, right? So uh, it still gets tight enough for those who, who are looking for a mouth to lung vape, just move your airflow controller all the way over to the left and kind of vape it like this a little bit and just loosen it up until you get it to where you like it. Uh, and that should work for you. But really that's, that's the big difference. And even though you, we say it's a big difference, it looks like a small difference. It's really not right. Uh, it, it's expensive. It's expensive to do something like that. As soon as you start messing with the mold, uh, you're talking tens of thousands of dollars uh, not to mention the time to do that too. Uh, Anakin is not a huge company. So if you, if you have to change anything, there's a lot of engineers that need to take their time and effort and move off of what they are working on onto this, right? To get this to a point where you can go into production with it. And on, on that note, they are in China and that's where the vast majority of the worldwide vaping devices are, are created. Was it an enormous task you know, or a big ask by the Canadian government to ask the device manufacturers to design 
specific things just for the Canadian market? Or, Demetrius, are, have they been able to piggyback on similar regulations in other territories? Well, this obviously, this is not the first time that we do CRC. There's a few countries in Europe that have required it. So just for example, Italy has some restrictions on the tanks. So we have experience, but every country is different. Every little detail in every country is different. And obviously, you have to get certified in that country, which is an extra cost. The Canadian CRC certification was was a little bit more expensive than the European one. Um, but um, I think as, as far as the company, as Enigin is concerned, it's, it's very, very important for you to understand that it's impossible for us to do all the products overnight. So we basically had to choose the most popular to start off with and make sure that these products are available in the market. And this is one of the reasons why we chose the Chroma Z and the Zenith 2 tank, which I'm going to show in just a little bit, uh, is because these, um, these coils are already on the market. People already use them. So if you had something on the market that you bought at, uh, at a Canadian vape store, uh, before that uses this and you already have these coils bought in your and you have them at your house you can get these devices and use the existing coil you don't have to go out there and buy a new coil so that even put a little bit more of a of a difficulty trying to make the adjustment with the same coils uh the the tank that we're releasing there is a little bit hard i'm not very fancy as phil because i've got two broken arms but uh the the tank that started it all for me and and, and phil was the zenith tank we've currently sold over two million tanks uh, worldwide and it was the introduction of the z coil into the market so uh we had the zenith 2 ready for release uh and we decided the uh the inaugural release will be in canada since they are requiring the CRC. So we made uh, the Zenith 2 version with a CRC uh, top, which basically uh, you, uh, you have an extra button on the top cap where you push it and then you twist it in order to open up the field port. CRC in most cases, like in Canada, requires a two-step process to feel. So it's not just having just one little, you know, twist or pop down it actually has to be two processes for you to get into the liquid and that's what they determine of you know if the kid is going to be able to open it or not uh and, and in our case with the zenith 2 and with the uh the chroma z we were able to to accomplish it and for now like i said there's more products that they're working on and um and slowly we hope to have a really good variety of products in the canadian market so they the existing vapors and the new vapors can enjoy them Phil, what do you think uh, were the biggest challenges uh, specifically on making these design changes? Well, like I said before, um, really the mold. It's it's taking your time off of what you're currently working on uh, and spending time on something new. So that delays schedules, right? Uh, as soon as you start spending time on something else, something something has to give, right? So that's uh, that's what happens typically. And like I said, Inikin is not a huge company, right? So when they have to change focus, things are going to suffer. Uh, and the other thing too is cost, right? Cost is, is huge. Uh, even though it looks like a very, very small change, cost is huge on something like this because you're messing with the mold. As soon as you start messing with the mold, that's when the, the prices go up. I think there's also, Brent, uh, a, a, a little equation here that, that we've kind of left out. And that is we have to make it childproof, but you don't, but we also have to make it where it can be accessible by adults as well too, right? So I think that's a, that's a huge challenge for older people, people that have a hard time seeing, people that have a hard time, you know, with their fingers or arthritis or could have some medical condition that prevents them to. So it's, it's a very fine balance trying to be able to accomplish all that and something that the government will approve to be CRC. Uh, hopefully we've been able to achieve it, but I can guarantee you that some people that are older 
uh, that might have some kind of a medical uh, issue, we'll have a problem not just with our tanks, but with everything that's going on the market at CRC. Now, yeah. this, it's, it, sorry, go it kind of goes against it. Kind of goes against platform, right? What what we're we're trying to do with platform is to make a, a quality, satisfying vape that is extremely easy to use. When you uh, take into account the the requirements for CRC, it reduces the extremely easy to use part of the platform product. Would you guys, and either one of you wants to pick this up or both, um, it feels like just one more frustration that's being heaped upon the industry. Well, I'll go first because it, I'm very, I, I mean, I, I, this is something that is very close to my heart. And I've I talked about it for years. You know, Brent, they've, they've tried everything in the book to shut down this industry. I mean, everything. They threw, you know, battery explosions. They threw popcorn lung. They threw a volley. I mean, they've thrown everything towards us. Uh, but we're very resilient. Uh, and this is worldwide, not just in Canada as well. I mean, this is, you see it in the U.S. with the regulations and now the newly, you know, signed PACT Act. And these are all just baby steps of the government trying to eliminate competition. That's all it is. And if they can't do it all in once, as they attempted in the past, what they're going to try to do is take step by step to make it difficult, expensive, burdensome for these smaller companies to comply with and stay on the market. So my hope is, <laughs> my hope is that we continue and, and, and everything that they've thrown at us, we've been able to come back. So I want us to continue and, and, and provide these products and tell the government we're not going to go away that, that, that easy. Phil? Yeah, you know, Brent, what, what really blows my mind is I, I can't believe how difficult it is to not die of cancer. Like, it's an amazing challenge, right? If the standard cessation products haven't worked for you uh, and vaping might work for you, they're making it that you can't, you can't, you can't get it shipped. You can't get a flavor. You got child, these safety features on it. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I, I've never seen anything like it. I've never experienced anything like it. Uh, it, it. They are making it challenging to not die of cancer if you're a smoker. It's 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 insane. And they all and all of this points to one thing, Brent. That you know, guess what doesn't have to have childproof. You know, <laughs> the products are being sold by our competition. Cigarettes don't need to be childproof. <laughs> Uh, and these pod systems that generally the bigger competitors in our space have don't need to be childproof. So it seems like those products get a pass. Those products, uh, more consumers are driven towards those products than they are from the open side of vapor, even though every scientific study that I have seen, including the one that was released just a few days ago, says that smokers that use open vapor system are five times more likely to quit smoking and somebody that's going to use a closed system or available NRT. So the product that's actually working, open vapor, is just becoming more and more difficult for the consumer to have. Yet the products that kill people or the competitor products uh, seem to be more accessible and remain on the market. And I think that's a really good point. And just to reinforce that is inexplicably at this moment right now, it seems that open systems is really what's under fire and not the pod systems. The pods seem to have skated through this okay there's a plethora of disposables now on the market so not even pods but the disposable market has just taken off and and they're really going after open systems and the irony in that is that youth 
does not use open systems. <laughs> so, so, I mean, it's just, it's, we're creating products to protect the youth that are not even being used by, by kids. You're not going to see a kid to take this into school just to have a little stealth vape, right? So, yeah, the irony is, is uh, well, I mean, it's not an irony. It's, it's, it's downright corruption. But uh, I, I, I agree with you. This, this is a huge war against our side, the independent side of vaping. And Phil, why don't you give us a, a quick little update here on what you see going on in the U.S. And we'll talk a little bit more about Canada and then uh, cap it off on a great, nice, tight show here. Uh, U.S. is just, it's become such a, a frustrating uh, point for me. I, I feel like there's a lot of uh, wind uh, out of my sails at this point. You know, you have, you, you, you fight. Uh, and you fight, and I, I don't fight nearly as hard as some of the other people on the front line. I give them all the credit in the world. Um, but it seems like no matter what you do, you play by the rules. They take things away. They continue to take things away. They take the flavors away from you. And now, I mean, the, the shipping ban, um, look, there are ways. There are ways to do this. There are ways to get these products into the hands of adults only, uh, whether it be for by signature or we make uh, we get we take all of these products out of C stores and make vape shops twenty one and over. You know, follow some of your examples up there. There's ways to do this, but uh, again, it's just uh, the, the, we give and they take, and and then once they take, they just want more. So what's next? What's next for us? What's next for you guys? Yeah, well, I don't know what's next. I, there's going to be a big fight in Canada. Hopefully, there will be quite a bit of a pushback. The key thing, you know, and a lot of people starting to really talk about this, is that really to get the consumer engaged in the fight. And that's the real sticking point here in Canada that's happening right now. Uh, the vendors, the retailers, and so forth who have the touch point with the customer um, are having a bit of a tough time getting them really geared up for the battle. I think a lot of people don't think that anything is going to happen as long as they can get their products. You know, um, just the other day on the show, um, Phil brought up a good point. You know, Marlboro never asked me to go out there and fight for cigarette protection acts, right? <laughs> they never called me to go and testify or, or, or show up at a hearing. Um, so the industry really needs to wake up. Um, I remember back in 2013, Late 2013, uh, I was at a, a conference in Washington, D.C., and I came back and I told Phil, I was like, Phil, you know, these regulations are coming. They're going to be devastating. Um, we're going to be classified as, as tobacco in, in America. And I don't even think Phil believed me at the time. I mean, I, oh, it, I, did. I, and I can, I mean, I can understand why. I mean, this is a very passionate person that helps people quit smoking, found the greatest invention in the last hundred years, you know, when it comes to tobacco harm reduction. Why would the government want to take this away? And I said, you just wait and watch, buddy. And, and, and it's exactly how it happened. So don't rest Canada or anywhere. Germany, we saw just the other day, huge taxation bracket came out. Italy, the same thing. Denmark, uh, attempt to ban flavors. Australia, huge pushback against it. I mean, you know, this is not just a Canadian thing. This is a worldwide attack on the greatest form of tobacco harm reduction. And I agree with you. The consumer will have to be involved. But unfortunately, a lot of the consumers are complacent. The majority of people that 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 use these products, Brent, they don't they don't sit here and watch these shows or get on YouTube and you know they just live their lives. They're smoke free. They're happy. They spend time with their kids and their family, and and that's all they care about. So it's I think it's more the responsibility of the industry to step it up uh, than it is for the consumer. Yeah, I, I agree. And you, I always use the example of my mother, right? My mom. 
how, how would my mom know that there's a flavor ban until she walks into a vape shop and she can't get her flavor? How would my mom know that there's a shipping ban until she tries to order something and, it, and she can't get it? Right. The, the average consumer isn't going to know. They're not going to know. They're not going to they're, they're not going to know how to fight. They're not going to know what they have to fight. Right. So, uh, you know, if, if we are going to get the consumer to fight, it's going to be on the industry to educate the consumer as to what's going on. And the I, prime example is what happened with, excuse me, Brent, to interrupt, just my, my last thought. I mean, on this particular, prime example is with the CRC in Canada. I, I, I've, I've seen people up to recently, two, three weeks ago, saying, I didn't know nothing about this. Well, how, I mean, I live in the United States and I knew about it a year ago. How is it possible that you're in the industry in Canada? I mean, you might not want to believe that it was coming, but us and Inican knew it. We started working on this, and that speaks volumes about, about Inican as well, too. The same thing with the PMTA. Just a couple of days ago, I was very, very happy. We received my acceptance letter for the products that we submitted uh, for PMTA here in the United States. If you're a serious company in this space, you need to start acting serious, and you need to be aware of what's going on, and in turn, educate your employees and your consumers and your customers of what is coming and take action to protect the industry. And Phil, do you want to have a last word here? No, nah, Demetrio, his last words are always going to be better than my last words. I agree <laughs> with everything he says. Uh, I, you know, he mentioned before uh, the talk that he gave, and I do remember that talk. And I remember coming out of that talk and looking at him, like just depressed as hell. And I asked him, I said, it can't get that bad, can it? And he said, oh, yeah. He goes, we watch. He goes, this is what's going on. Unfortunately, uh, Dimitri, I think more than anybody else I know, can say I told you so. And he's been right. Well, yeah. I hate to admit it, but you are right more often than not, my friend. Yeah, thank you. As I'm right to also inform you, this is just the beginning with the CRC products in Inican, and Inican's going to have some more products for the Canadian vapor. So as long as they allow us to sell in Canada, no matter what the rules are, we're going to continue to sell. Well, Kudos to Inican for, for supporting that. That's awesome. I'm very happy to have you both on and for Inikin supporting this program because, you know, we don't talk about product enough. And so I'm really happy we had this chance. Thank you very much for coming on, guys. Thank you, Brent. Thanks for having Absolutely, us. Absolutely, Brent. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Cheers. Well, that's it for this edition of RegWatch. Before you head off, please go over to support.regulatorwatch.com. That's support.regulatorwatch.com and consider making a financial contribution to our vaping coverage. It's easy, just dig in your wallet, find a few dollars and toss them our way. You'll be happy you did, and so will we. While online, don't forget to like us on Facebook and to follow us on Twitter. For RegulatorWatch.com, I'm Brent Stafford.